If there are stages of grief to your favorite team falling out of the playoffs, the very first is thinking that almost everything about your team stinks, that everyone's got to go, that it's just all bad. Well, it wasn't all bad for the Steelers in 2021, and I'm not just talking about T.J. Watt and the other obvious components. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The secondary might be the single most underappreciated facet to this team's performance over the course of the past season. If you think about it, the number of times that you were really disappointed or disillusioned about the secondary, what are we talking about here? The the game in Los Angeles, and maybe that was it, right? And even that was just a miscommunication because two key guys were missing. I think we all can agree that if Minka Fitzpatrick had been on the field instead of in COVID protocol, the Steelers keep the bolts from scoring, and the Steelers end up with one of their most impressive wins of the year. They didn't, so secondary stinks, and it resonates. Secondary was actually very, very good. And the secondary needs to be kept together for a whole bunch of reasons. I'll start with the one who doesn't need to be kept, and I don't say this with any joy, and that's Joe Hayden. He's... Uh, it's going to sound mean to say he's lost a step or whatever, but he, he's not the same impact player that he once was, but also at his age and what would likely be his cap hit. No, you know, once more, I'll use the word respectfully, but no. The rest of this group, though, Mink is going to get signed to a monster deal. You can take that to the bank the same way he'll take it to the bank. Cam Sutton, of course, is signed for another year. Cam showed mostly well, did a lot of things that some people, myself included, had doubted he'd be able to do by bouncing inside and outside. Handled all of it well. So that's half of your secondary right there. Neither Minka nor Cam is going anywhere, okay? That leaves... Two players who are pending free agents in Akello Witherspoon and Terrell Edmonds, both of whom really, really, really need to be retained. They're both young. They're both coming off strong seasons. They both got ringing endorsements from Mike Tomlin at the season-ending press conference. Edmonds in particular for his availability. And they're both young, with T.E. being 25 years old and Witherspoon being 26. This is a really, really good situation that the Steelers have cumulatively. And if you look at all the other question marks that the team has, more on offense, obviously, than defense, the last thing you need to be doing is disrupting something that's already in place and solid. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Edmonds is a really good football player. I know that hasn't been appreciated in these parts, certainly not the way that it should be. I think whenever it's a first-round pick, our expectations are just sky high. Everybody should be TJ. You know, everybody. There needs to be splash. Uh, There needs to be some visibly dynamic element to the player. And he's not that guy. He's not that guy. He'll make... Pretty much every tackle that comes his way, he'll play closer to the line of scrimmage, and he works really, really well together with Minka. These are important things. I'm not suggesting that you break the bank to keep him. I'm not sure that you'd need to break the bank to keep him. But he'd be worth every reasonable attempt that you can make, and I'll be very, very surprised if they don't make it. Look, the Steelers challenged T.E. through the fifth-year option. He knew that. He talked about it last summer. I had a conversation with him myself on the subject, and he took it not as an insult, not as the, uh, you know, shake the fist in the sky, get all angry about it type of motivation. He took it as just that, a challenge. And you know what? He rose to that challenge. He was very, very good. Even his most ardent detractors were forced to concede that along the way. Would love to see him stay. Witherspoon is a different case. Witherspoon's now bounced around a little bit. The Steelers are already his third team in the NFL at age 26. Some circumstances going into that. But all he did when his number was called this season was make plays. Three total starts, he had three picks. Now, picks can be, you know, some of that's luck. It just is. Uh, You're not going to have opportunities to execute interceptions, except if certain things go your way, a lot of which is out of your control. But he made those plays, and he made other plays, and he was stout in coverage. He was. Did you see anybody picking on him? Nope. Did he win the job authoritatively from James Pierre, Justin Lane, and anybody else in the mix? Yeah. Did you at times want him out there instead of Hayden? Yeah. Go ahead and admit that too. One other thing. This is this is a guy with one heck of a head on his shoulders. Listen to some of what he had to say yesterday in his media availability yeah absolutely i think we have a lot of cohesion um and that's important just that brotherhood aspect that you can't really see or measure but the uh the guys in the room were all respectful of one another um extremely high competitors love the game very detailed very nerdy when it comes to football and that's the type of stuff you want to be around when you're when you're at the job day in day out waking up at 7 a.m so it's just important to have that type of passion for the game and that type of love around you. And I think we have a great group of guys that exemplify that. You know how sometimes people impress you 
when you meet them, encounter them in some form for the first time, and then you know how some other people will just blow you away, that's Witherspoon. He is really, really well put together above the neck, as Tomlin would say. That is not a bad quality to have in a DB. What's there right now is plenty good enough. And with all the cap space that this front office has at hand, the last thing it would want to do is to allow an existing strength to dwindle into a weakness for absolutely no reason. Get these guys signed. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise that they keep that promise and this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. Today's J1Q comes from Mark, who asks, What's happened to Zach Banner? Is Joe Haig a better football player? Is Banner still hurt? Is this a left-slash-right tackle thing? Is Banner going to be part of the offensive line moving forward? My belief, Mark, and it's more firm now than ever, is that no, he will not be. Um, I've been surprised by personnel moves in the past, and I'd be really surprised if this team were to commit even remotely significant dollars toward Banner. A couple reasons for that. One is that he obviously wasn't able to regain health. As a result, he made one total start over the last two seasons. And if you read my Friday Insider lead last week on DK Pittsburgh Sports, you'll know that there's been some concern that even once Banner was cleared to return to action, he started to have a difficult time keeping weight off and that's going to sound like a criticism and conditioning and this and that and so forth. It, look, I don't know nearly enough about it to go that deep into it. I really, really like Zach like as a person. I think he's tremendous. I hope he does really well wherever he goes and whatever he does in life. But keeping weight off is a problem for some people. And it's an acute problem for offensive linemen in the NFL some of them anyway, who get really, really big or, like in Zach's case, are born that way. Zach showed up, according to the two sources I quoted for that insider lead, in outstanding shape for training camp. Uh, Surprised the coaching staff, pleasantly so. Uh, And good for him, considering he also had to concentrate on rehabbing the knee and everything else. 
And then the season came along, and then there were setbacks, you'll recall, from the preseason. And you can see where it would be human nature to get a little discouraged and sidetracked. And that's the primary reason he wasn't able to get the kind of action that you would have expected or hoped, in addition to the fact that they started to like what they saw of Dan Moore at left tackle, and they weren't going to move, if they didn't have to, Chooks Okorafor from right to left in the middle of the season. So there's a bunch of variables into this. One way or another, Zach Banner has one position that he can play in the NFL right now, and that's right tackle. He doesn't have experience on the left side. So if you're committing any kind of dollars to Zach, then what are you saying about Chooks or Moore or anybody else that you'd bring in, presuming you didn't trust one or both of those guys? Um, it doesn't add up for him to be back. I don't believe that he will be. And if and when he isn't, you would think slash hope that management would apply the couple million that they put into Banner and the more than a couple of million that they put into Trey Turner and find themselves real help at both right guard and center and then hope for the best out of more Chooks and Kevin Dotson. That's how I'm seeing this offensive line shaping up. Where does Kendrick Green fit into that? I have no idea. We've got all summer to figure that out. Listen to Tomlin the other day. It doesn't even sound like he has any idea. He remained open-minded to Green even staying at center, which is nuts. There's a long, long way to go in building this offensive line. But the one certainty that I see is that Banner won't be part of it. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one Monday.